0: Okay, everyone, I think you are really going to enjoy our guest today. She is going to teach us how to LOL, but not in the way that you traditionally know what that means. She is going to teach us how to love out loud. And our guest today is Robin Spisman, and she is the author of this book, Loving Out Loud. She is also an award-winning New York Times best-selling author and popular keynote speaker who has appeared in the media for over three decades, including NBC's Today show more than 30 times. So Robin, I'm excited to learn how to love out loud today. I think this is going to be a great pick me up podcast for everyone that is looking to uh, brighten their lives. And I know that you love to give some practical advice. And I think that's what the world needs right now. So welcome to the path 11 podcast.
1: Thank you so much, April. I'm so delighted to be
0: on your show. So I'd love to know a little bit more of the backstory of what inspired you to write this book.
1: Well, Loving Out Loud is a little book and it has a great big message that we each have the power to make a positive impact on someone's day and every day. It's just not love in the romantic sense of the word. It's how do we brighten, deepen and our relationships and then connect with each other in a more profound, purposeful way where we deepen our relationships we, we get to know each other better and we strengthen the way in which we live our lives more on purpose. And it's just a beautiful concept and it's taken off. It's individuals from all walks of life are starting to understand that loving out loud, that love, love is a verb. It's not a noun and it's action.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love throughout your entire book, you are giving us the actions to take and, you know, different ways that we can apply it with our children, uh, with our relationships in the world of work, just kind of being out there in the world, loving out loud. Um, and why don't you give our listeners too a little bit more of just your history and background of what you did before you wrote this book?
1: Well, before I wrote this book, I was writing dozens of other books on parenting topics. I've been in the media for over 35 years as one of the nation's well-known gift experts. And as I started really understanding which gifts connect with individuals, that long after someone is gone, that they remind the person of the giver, that there's something deeper, I started understanding better that there are intrinsic and there are invisible gifts that we feel with our heart. And they enter our hearts and they live forever in our minds. My life um, has been a beautiful one. I was raised by two incredible parents um, who recently passed away. My grieving was extremely deep. And as I grieved, I realized that all the love they poured in me was meant to be poured back into the world in some way And I was able to really plow through grief, though it was very difficult. Um, Still is. But as I started looking for ways to love out loud in their honor and their memory, there was something that I realized. I've been loved out loud my whole life and that it was how I feel alive. And I started exploring, well, how do other people love out loud? I learned April, through introverts, through ext- extroverts, so individuals who do not emote, through individuals who emote very freely, that one size does not fit all when it comes to love and that there's so many different ways that we love, we bake, we garden, we sing, we dance, we paint, we explore time together. There's so many ways we love, but What actions really stick and help move that ripple uh, of goodness, that kindness, that wellspring of kindness forward. That's what this book is about.
0: Yes. And can we go into a little bit more about the power of not only the word, but the kind word, because, you know, you do talk about how kindness can be contagious. It's a bit of a ripple effect as you're sharing happiness and love, but how a kind word can be very transformative.
1: Yes. And so I, I'll, I'll return with that example to that example with my own life. So my, my husband, who's a man of a few words and extremely kind, he said to me on our first Valentine's Day, sweetheart, what would you like? for valentine's day and i thought about it long and hard and i said okay this one's free there's no mall that that gave him a lot of relief for the i'm the gift giving expert and i said how about every morning you just say something kind when i wake up and brighten my day so he gave it some thought and he said well what about good morning beautiful and i said great well eight years later every morning, whether there's a post-it note, whether there's a little note, whether words might flow in by four o'clock in the afternoon, I get my good morning beautiful. And it became a tradition. And it was also a way that I was able to set out loud the manner in which I wish to be loved. And I think what's surprising me that is so surprising is that so many individuals are, are hesitant or complacent. About asking for how they wish to be loved. And with words, kindness, the question you ask goes back to the power of a kind thought. Well, number one, when we look in the mirror, what are you saying to yourself? Kind thoughts. Good morning, Robin. You know, let's, let's make it a great day. Or, boy, you look tired. Or, all the things you have to do on that to do list. Or, overwhelming yourself with, um, you know, any goal you haven't met. And I think what we must go back to is, first of all, being gentler and kinder with our own thoughts. Slowing down is probably the most important thing I can say right now that is relevant in all aspects. If you get somewhere five minutes later, if you do not rush your children, hurry up, hurry up, we got to go, got to go. And you start realizing that That those few moments are precious with yourself, with others, and a kind thought and a gentle voice. That doesn't mean be Pollyanna and put on rose-colored glasses. And no, it just means, why don't you start listening to yourself? When I started listening to myself, I had some negative thoughts, a lot of them. I would be saying out loud repetitively something, gosh, I'm so tired, gosh, I'm so tired, or Oh, I have so much to do today. So I shifted April, my to-do list, to a to-love list, and I started noticing that kindness began inside me and my awareness of what I could do that was loving versus rushed, stressed, hurrying everyone, myself, and it's a very special shift to begin and we can go deeper into what can you do with words, but the first is what do you say to yourself?
0: Yeah, and, and you're kind of uh, spawning another question inside of me because as you were talking about that, I was thinking, you know, as we deliver these kind words to people, that has a great effect on the person that is receiving it, but what is the benefit of the giver? you know, of the person that, you know, what does that do for me as I am kind of talking, you know, more nicely to myself, but yet being very conscious and aware of spreading kindness. Um, Even though I'm not the receiver of it, being the giver of it, I would assume is also extremely healing and transformative.
1: I think, April, What one of the things that I've discovered is the scientific research on our brains, which is absolutely phenomenal. That scientists, neuroscientists are discovering that when the brain hears kind words, that when we give our own thought process something positive, that positive responses are released. They even say we age better when we are focusing on kindness. And that is about not just being selfless and doing for everyone else – but it's what we feed our own inner thoughts, our own, you know, individuals listening to us. Um, and I think the power of kindness in the giver is that when we give without expectation, when we give to live by this um, thought process that is positive, noticing what's right in our day, paying a little attention to someone else that. We we cross their path. How did we leave them? Did we leave them stressed and worried, or did we leave them um, relaxed and happy that they served us? Um, I think the bottom line here is that the giver is probably one of the most powerful parts of kindness. Is we we start feeling like life is a little lighter, and that doesn't mean that. Your listeners don't have an amazing amount of challenges or problems or worries. And all those are very real. But when you're in a moment and you start learning how to ask for help, you're being kind to yourself. When you're letting someone know, I'm overwhelmed, I need help. It's an ability to emote in a more thoughtful purposeful way. So Loving Out Loud, my book, The Power of a Kind Word, dives in, takes a deep dive into your relationships, your friends, your family, your children, your sisters, your cousins, your parents and those that are no longer with us. And and It helps really kind of reboot and reset the messages inside your own life that you've grown up believing, and perhaps how to, how to shift it to a more loving life that's affirming, accepting, that's devoted to figuring out how to make this a, a better go round.
0: Yeah. Now, um, can we maybe move into? how to help someone who is grieving since some of this was inspired by, uh, the death of your parents, your grieving process, and then also wanting to kind of pay forward the love that you received from them. How do you feel like loving out loud can help those who are grieving?
1: Well, on the example that I was grieving so deeply that I was absolutely every morning waking up and it was all I could think about, how much I missed. I called my mother every morning my entire life. Um, long before cell phones existed, I was calling my mom. And my relationship was a beautiful one, but their relationship with the world was, they cared deeply about community causes and making a difference. And my dad he was a gentleman, but he was also a gentle man. And he was perceived sometimes as even being too nice. And that always confused me, because I thought, "What is that?" And so it was very authentic. And I'd say to him in his when he was ninety and um had already advanced Alzheimer's, that was setting in um rapidly, I said, "Dad, why are you so good?" And he said, "I don't know how to be bad." Hmm. And I think that that was probably one of the most compelling comments. Um, and so when it comes to grief, if whether you've lost a friend, a cousin, a child, a, a, a family member, um, a parent, whoever they are, I've learned over the years that when we try to push grief down, it's not going to work. But when we learn new ways to live out loud and show that love, even when someone's not here presently They're, they are here with us in our hearts so this book has an entire chapter on it addresses grieving but it is also addressing cherishing loved ones and preserving memories how do we tell the story of someone's life and accept the fact that they are not present in a physical way. And what I've learned is that as grief as time is the healer, time it does not make grief go away, but I've learned that time does soften um, the pain. It doesn't take it away. And for some people, perhaps time does nothing. So for me, grief became an exploration of how do I move forward in life, Still enjoy my life, but accept that grief is now a part of it. And the very first thing I learned really how to do was to give meaning to my parents' lives by actions. And I found that when I volunteered or when I did a kind deed or when I'd lay down pennies, heads up, you know, find a penny, pick it up the rest of the day, you have good luck. My parents always picked up pennies, but they had to be heads up. And now I laid down heads up pennies because I realized I could make somebody else's day by that little deed. It was like grief hits us in waves. But I found that I could shift the grief to actions. And I started volunteering and I started looking for ways to become a little more selfless and it was no longer about just my grief. I got interested in other people instead of being interesting. I became interested. And when you hear someone else's story and you learn how they are dealing with grief, I think that brotherhood or sisterhood becomes empowering. So April, um, Have you ever lost anyone? How do you deal with grief?
0: Yeah, um, I've had many losses in my life. And I think very similar to, you know, what you're sharing too. I love to live through their memories, um, you know, speak about them often, uh, participate in, I've done a lot of grief ceremonies, uh, allowing myself to grieve, to be in touch with those emotions, uh, honoring them. I have an ancestor altar of everyone that's passed away, uh, that I have in my office. Um, so yeah, there's, there's lots of different ways. Um, But probably one of the other things that I do to keep my grandmother's memory alive is I love baking her recipes and sharing her food with people. So, okay,
1: (laughs) I have the biggest smile on my face. Tell me something you bake your grandmother taught you. Oh gosh! All right. So, what? We, which one? Um, the best, the best one that everybody goes wild over.
0: The best one would be the red spaghetti sauce. She is Italian, and uh, she taught me how to make red sauce from scratch. And Italians are usually very proud of their red sauce. Um, and then oh, cooking that either with whether it's with meatballs, lasagna, um, any type of Italian dish that includes that red sauce, people are usually like, "Oh, it tastes just like grandma's." So. And what was Grandma's name?
1: Her Ad- first name.
0: Uh, her first name was Adeline.
1: Is that where April came from? No, no, that's a totally different story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I love I love that. Look at you 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 rattled off ancestor altar. You started saying the kinds of ways you have incorporated um, grandmother Adeline into your life. And when you bake, you feel the love. Her recipe comes alive. You pour love into someone else by baking. And I bake my grandmother's strudel, which is literally in Loving Out Loud. It is the best strudel. I'm like, I am not a great cook, but when I do my grandmother Annie's strudel, look out. (laughs) I have people lined up um, for the strudel, and they tell me what they want. Apple, pineapple, strawberry, blueberry. My husband likes orange strudel. Um, Everybody has something different, and It's my way of feeling loved and loving them and see how that one little moment of a recipe goes forward in life. And I was a teenager. My grandmother showed me how to do it and make it. And I recall so vividly that moment. I, I'm standing there, and she's in her little black high heels that are about two inches and she was five foot one, and but she always wore the heels. I just have a, a beautiful sense, and, and yes, it, it brings tears to my eyes. Why? It's tears of happiness, and yes, I miss her. And Time allows us to create loving connections in so many ways, loving out loud allows you to grandparent with love in a way that is not about buying toys or giving children candy. It's about sharing things that are far more memorable and powerful than all that. And I have a lot of practice with six grandchildren, my favorite little human beings ever. Mm -hmm. I have an I love you library. And we learn how to love a book. We take one off the shelf before we Take another, we put it back. We turn the pages with love and kindness because a book is a friend and we wouldn't want to rip its page for the next person who reads it or or heard it. So nice hands, kind words. We talk about the book and we talk about, did we we really love it? How did it make us feel? Did we laugh? Do we want to read it again? It's kind of like uh, a relationship, but... I think the key here is if we start loving out loud, we find that it translates from this giant thing that feels like I'm in love, a state of mind. No, it breaks it down to learning how to pay little attentions to simple things that all of a sudden become very big, special things in our lives. And there are hundreds of ways for you to go forward and not just learn how to give a compliment, but to create sincerity in your relationship, trust to be someone people enjoy being around more. That's a concept and bond deeper with the people we wish to bond deeper with.
0: Yes, that was beautiful. And um, I have two directions I want to go in, but let me let me slow down a second and maybe bring children in since you were just talking about your grandchildren. And uh, you do have in the book just ways that you can inspire children to be kinder to each other, how, you know, as parents and adults, you can be kind to the children. But it is important, you know, with the generation that we're raising and how do we teach them early on to spread more love. So what are some of the things that you do with your with your children, your grandchildren? and teaching them not only to be kinder to each other, but how to be kind to other human beings?
1: Well, when my daughter was three years old, I was a working mom from home, writing books and working and doing all kinds of things. And I created a little desk for her. It was just a cardboard box. had some stationery, a little Rolodex. You know, I had an old one at the time. And this is, by the way, right before cell phones. Hard hard to believe, but... and. I appointed her CEO of a thank you company. She wanted a job. It was clear. Mom had a job and I was going to involve her. Children want to help. So everywhere we went, she hired people for the company and we talk about it. She became a kinder finder and I made all this up and this pretend family company, Allie began hiring people at the grocery store who perhaps had a kind voice or they did something nice helping me, um, get a a new egg carton because maybe there was an egg that was cracked whatever it was we started out you meet a child where they're at and boy she could hire for the largest corporation in the world now in her 30s she's awesome and but we started small and the reaction from people it was fabulous because so many individuals have not been thanked and here's a little three-year-old four-year-old five-year-old we did this until she was like, you know, 8 or 9. We and we still talk about it today that boy, that person would be CEO of our, you know, we would retire and let them take over. So it became a language of love. With grandchildren, with my own children. It was very important to me that giving back was fun. And we found it so meaningful, so awesome to wake up and do something nice for someone else. And That is why that kindness, as you inspire it, whether you're a parent, a grandparent, if you stop and recognize children want to have fun, it's their job. And then how can we make it fun? Then you start to realize that a child could be, a two-year-old could be put in charge of hugs. So if they're in charge of hugs and grandma comes over, and let's just say that you know jason's in charge of hugs okay jason you're in charge of hugs show grandma how we do it and jason starts hugging everybody it's almost like you're teaching children how to love out loud and then the other flip side is are you proud out loud proud out loud is a is a is a section in the book that really talks about being very mindful about what you're reinforcing Because if you're specific with your praise, children will be more likely to understand it and repeat it. But just saying you're nice, you're a good boy, you're a good girl, we want to move towards something very clear. I liked how you used such a kind voice inside. You didn't yell. That was awesome, saying hello to Grandma. That was a beautiful job. Thumbs up. Maybe a silent signal. You don't always have to use words to love out loud. Uh, thumbs up, all kinds of pats on the back, you know, little signal, a little wink. There's all kinds of signals. When my granddaughter, finished will finish on this little note and your question could go on forever, but <laughs> she was meeting all these individuals at a concert. We were at an Angelica Hale concert. From, and it was an amazing opportunity. And she's meeting one adult after another, media personalities, all these people. And I turned to her and I said, Danny, because she was kind of hiding behind me. And this is what kids do. She's seven Um, and, you know, a little shy. And the next thing I knew, I said, if you meet someone, what do you think you could say that would put a smile on their face? And she thought about it. And she first said, well, what about nice to meet you? I said, awesome. That would be perfect. So my friend, Martha Joe walks over and says, hi, Danny. And so I'm so happy to introduce myself. I'm Martha Jo. And Danny says, right out loud, looking at me, eye contact, nice to meet you. And I'm like, two thumbs up. Martha Joe is like, whoa, I love you, Danny. Your manners is so lovely. It was like a, a celebration. And Danny felt so good about it. And that little moment beyond the other 30 people that we talked to connected and Danny got a little response and it felt good it felt great for everyone so look how loving out loud goes around when we stop we don't make each other can't make someone love you out loud you cannot make a child be nice something has you can but it won't go so well later on when it comes from within when a child understands that Inside, if we share ourselves, we're showing concern for others, and it's the right thing to do. It's a different world, it's a better world.
0: Thank you for those examples. And maybe a way that we could wrap up is to give some actions or maybe your top three ways that the adults who are listening can love out loud and just kind of giving that practical advice that I know that you you love to give and that you wanted our listeners to take away with something practical that they can do to start their journey to love out loud in the world after they listen to this podcast.
1: Thank you. That that's a great way for us to end on is a, end on a high note. So let me give you this: move your to-do list to a to-love list, and think of your errands uh, as being more enjoyable. Because while you might be rushing, slow down, connect with the person. Even if, for example, I get my alterations by Winnie. I can't wait to see Winnie, so it's no longer. An errand that takes up my time and I have to rush and get done and wait for. I get to see Winnie, my friend that I got to know while she was hemming my pants. So make your to do list, your to love list, and pay attention to adding those individuals on your love list that you would like to get to know better or you adore and need your attention. Number two would be. Ask someone, how may I help you? Instead of offering all the solutions and advice, ask a question, listen first, very carefully, and then while you might have great ideas for how you can help, ask first what would help this individual and then remember to follow up. So often we ask how we can help, We don't follow up for many reasons. And think about follow through is loving you out loud. Number three, if I had to end on anything, I think I would just say, please slow down. Life goes very fast sometimes around us and we get overwhelmed easier, easily. But when we love out loud, we choose kinder words. We don't have knee-jerk responses to people with these old behaviors. And we don't let negativity in. We listen. We say, okay, ask yourself, what am I supposed to learn from this? Is there anything to learn? And how can I re- handle it or respond to someone in a way where they will hear me, set boundaries, and remember some problems Many problems a book can't solve. You might need some professional help. And that's a good thing. So ask for help
0: wonderful i think that's a wonderful way to end and i just want to thank you for uh just allowing this podcast to be so inspirational and i would love to bring our audience over to not only this book uh but some of the other books that you have published as well and have written so can you let our audience know where they can find you if they would like to purchase your book uh take a look at some other books that you've written and uh, you have a great website and a youtube channel people can watch you so so, um, I'd like you to share all that information before we end
1: sure if you just google my name Robin Spizman Robin with a Y S-P-I-Z M-A-N kind of rhymes with Wiseman Spizman but my website has all my information in New World Library my publishers done such a great job they are legendary in the world of brightening this, this path we all are on and It's pretty easy once you see Loving Out Loud, The Power of a Kind Word. It it shares many of the books I've written. But if you just read the foreword by Donna Markova, who was the co-creator of Random Acts of Kindness, you're going to read probably the most powerful foreword I've ever read in my life. It's life-changing. I wish you well, April. You're spectacular. I hear in your voice heart, wisdom, wisdom. And being interested in others is a gift. So thank you for your time today.
0: Thank you very much, Robin. Thanks for listening to the Path 11 podcast today. I hope you all enjoyed this show. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon page, I'd like you to do so because we are going to start putting some content over there that is only for our Patreon subscribers. You can get content for as little as donating a dollar a month and it could just be a one-time donation. We have other freebies over there that you can get depending upon how much you would like to donate. And again, it could be a one-time donation or you can continue to keep your subscription on a monthly basis at that donation level, but I just put my MBT Immersive Experience, which was a four-day intensive meditation training in Tennessee with physicist Tom Campbell. I was listening to binaural beats, going to altered states of consciousness, having out-of-body experiences and life-changing experiences that I was able to bring back uh, for myself, for my clients, for my friends that was just out of this world. So if you would like to listen to that, I'd like you to head on over to path11podcast.com. You're going to see an orange button that says Patreon. Become a Patreon today and you can have access to that podcast. And I would like to remind you to head on over to path11productions.com and check out the membership that we have for the Afterlife Awareness Conference. We have over 25 hours of footage with amazing speakers like William Buhlman, Thomas John, Terry Daniel, Suzanne Geisman, Suzanne Northrup, Linda Fitch, uh, Austin Wells, just a few people uh, to name off that were amazing. These workshops are just so valuable. So I think that you would really enjoy it. It's also a great thing to think about to maybe give the gift to somebody who is struggling with grief. If you are looking for resources, this is a great conference to send people to to check out. And thanks again for listening today.